Well, I have about 12 messages. And I don't think your body could stand all 12 of them tonight. So I'm going to try to narrow it down. But I really feel drawn to something that I've gone to many times. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. And I don't know, I think God has a special message for somebody here tonight. Jeremiah, chapter 18. And I will begin with verse number 1. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there, everybody say there, I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and beheld, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. And everybody said, Amen. I have a strange title tonight, but I want to speak to you for a little while about message. A message in a bottle. I think that might be a movie or a song or something, but I don't know. I've never seen it. But I do have a message, and I believe that God has a word. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is something about this text in Jeremiah that is hard to leave alone. I go back to it often, and I don't know, I didn't look, because it probably would have intimidated me to not preach this tonight, or teach this to you, whatever you want to call it, preach, preach, whatever. But if I had seen how many times I have preached from this passage, sometimes we are reluctant to go back to a familiar text because it is so familiar. And it's hard to bring something new out. And yet the Lord showed me some things today that I believe that the God wants to to show you. It's amazing that a good recipe works if you stick with the ingredients. there's There's a masterful number of people that are good cooks around our church, but there, there's some that you just, you want what they prepare because they use the same recipe over and over and over. They don't add to it. They're not like me, you know. I love to look at good recipes, and I think I have an eye to see what a good recipe is, but I also like to tinker with them, you know. Add a little bit of extra of this. Don't need that. 
put this in, take that out. Before you get through, you've got something, but it's not what the original intent was. And sometimes God gives things that are so simple and yet they are so profound that every time you go back to them, they minister to you in another form and in another way. God had something he desperately needed to get through to Israel, his people. God was so intent in getting this message through that he came to Jeremiah and he spoke to him and said, and I'm not sure, but I think in the Hebrew, the word that is used there referring to God's saying has a special emphasis. This was not just an idle word or it wasn't just something to fill up a few pages of Scripture, but it was a message that God desperately wanted to get through to His people. And so God sends Jeremiah on a journey. God had a lesson that He wanted to teach them. He wanted to express to them in a visible form, what he wanted to do in a spiritual sense. And so God's journey took him down to the potter's house. God sometimes has to take us to the right place before he can get the right message through to us. You know, if God spoke some messages to us when we were in... Uh, certain conditions, we would ignore him. We would be too busy to hear him. But when you get in a certain situation or you get in a certain circumstance, it's amazing how the voice of God takes on a new appeal and a new meaning. And so God took Jeremiah to the right place to get the right message across to him. And I believe that God does the same for you and I. There are times that God has spoken, but nobody's listened. But there are times when God finds us in that place where we need to be. And when He speaks, my, what transformation. And so at the potter's house, Jeremiah began to see in real life a parable concerning their lives and what God was wanting to do. The fact that there was a potter speaks a message to Jeremiah of a work that needed to be done. There was a purpose. When he saw the potter working, he saw the hands of purpose at work. There was a plan. There was a purpose. There was a desired object in mind. This individual was not idling their time away, but there was an, an, an end in sight. Or there was a goal that was set to be accomplished. And as Jeremiah stood there, evidently it began to dawn on him that not only does this potter have a purpose for this clay, 
But God has a purpose for your life as well. And that purpose may encounter setbacks. It may encounter difficulties. It may face odds that seem to be against it. But Jeremiah, standing there at the potter's house, began to understand that God's purpose is very clear. And he intends to make something out of this clay. He intends to do it no matter what he encounters. Now, I don't know if that says anything to you, but there have been many times in my life that if I were to go by my feelings, I would probably feel like that I was beyond the hope of redemption. That there were just too many flaws in my life and there were too many things that God couldn't work through. But standing there watching that potter diligently work the clay, knead it and press it and push it, he saw a parable that God intended to work out whatever it was that needed to be worked out in their lives. That's encouraging to me because in our modern time, not very many people have patience for that. I mean, we just, we pull up in the line and if our meal isn't ready in 30 seconds, we get ticked off. And if we have to wait, God God forsake us, if we had to wait three minutes, We're steaming hotter than our coffee is. I'm not preaching to any impatient people here tonight, am I? Life sometimes puts us in a place where we have to see how patient God is in working out His purpose. And that when we give up on ourselves, God has not given up on us. And so God stood there talking to this prophet about his people. And he said, I'm going to accomplish my purpose. It may take a long time before you realize it. But God said, I will not quit until it happens. And God does not give up easily. As a matter of fact, God doesn't give up at all. Amen. Some of you ought to thank God for that because there's a lot of flaws in your life and if God went by the flaws, you would have been put on the sideline a long time ago. But the God of mercy and grace that we serve has a message in a bottle. He has a message to deliver to you and I in the form of a vessel. That no, long, no, no matter how long that it takes for God to work His purpose out in your life, God is committed to staying with that task until that purpose is fulfilled. My Lord, that makes me want to worship the Lord right now. That makes me want to praise Him. That, you know, you probably think differently of yourself than I think of myself, but there's times I'm hard to live with.
And there's times that my attitude stinks. There are times that I come through life with a chip on my shoulder. I'm just waiting for somebody to push it off so I have a reason to fight. And so knowing who I am and knowing, am I the only one that feels that way? And so coming into worship, sometimes there is this cloud of condemnation that hangs over your head. Look at you, you hypocrite. I heard what you said on the freeway yesterday. I saw what you did. I, I, I know what's going on. And we let that press us, press us down to where we do not worship. God, the way we ought to worship Him, we worship Him according to our feelings, not according to our faith. And God had a message for Jeremiah. Jeremiah, this isn't as much about you as it is about my unfailing perseverance to stay at it until I accomplish what I set out to do. I am so thankful that the one who began a good work in me is going to finish it. No matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, sometimes we become critical of people in the church and we look around and we think, you know what, they ought to be better than that. They, they shouldn't be struggling with those things. They shouldn't be battling those issues. You know what, that's easy for you to say because that's not your problem. But if you were in their shoes and you knew what kind of war they had to go through just to get to the house of God, you would applaud them for at least showing up. But God said, this isn't about you as much as it is about my commitment to staying with what I have committed myself to, and that's doing a good work in your life. Even if I run headlong into resistance, I'm going to keep working on it until I get it out. God's got a lot of resistance He's working on in some folks in our church right now. And if it was left up to us, we probably would have just written them off and said, God, kill them, do whatever you got to do to them, just get them out of here, get them out of my life, get them out of our way. But God's still putting pressure. And you know what I'm praying? I'm, God, I'm praying that God puts enough pressure on them to work out whatever it is that's resisting Him so He can go on and do what He designed and will to do in their life to begin with. Amen. God's purpose was clear. However long it takes. Somebody say that. However long it takes, God's committed to helping make me a saint. He's committed to help making me a son of God or a daughter of God, whatever the case may be. He is committed to seeing this thing through to the end. Now, I know some of us that live for God a long time, we don't think God has to worry about a lot anymore. But I found out that the longer that I live for Him, the more God does have to work out in my life. Because the older I get and the more I know, the more attitudes I deal with. And the more cynicism shows up. 
and the more caustic things come out of my mouth. But I'm so thankful that there was a potter that no matter how that clay resisted, he just kept working, pressing, pushing, working, pressing. Why? Because he had a plan. And he wasn't going to quit until that plan was fulfilled. Amen. The clay wasn't very attractive. Has anybody ever seen beautiful clay? Brother Peden, Sister Peden, y'all used to work with clay all the time. They, they had a ceramic uh, business. They, they taught people how to build ceramic. My wife and I went to those classes. We've got some ducks somewhere that my wife made for my office out of their class. But I've never seen attractive clay. I've never seen it, all of either it's slimy. It it is it's yucky to put your hands on. I mean you have to commit to it. You just you can't be delicate when you're dealing with clay. You just have to put it out there and start working with it. But what I'm thankful is that the message that God tried to get through to Jeremiah was, it doesn't matter how ugly and unattractive your life may be, I'm willing to work with it anyway. Hmm. That no matter how wet, just a lump, a mound of ugly, God said, I am committed to taking ugly and making beautiful. Amen. That I am not turned off by the unattractiveness of your life. You know, there's some people that the Lord saves that I wonder, what in the world did God ever see in them? But I'm not the potter. He is. You look at them and you say, man, what, what abilities do they have? What talents do they have? You never know until the potter gets through. And he's not through yet. There's some of us that God's been working on for a long time. We're still not where we need to be, but God's still working on us. And you don't ever know. There may be some of you that rise up in the end time to be the evangel that God designed you to be a long time ago. But He's had to work through a lot of stuff to get you where you are. But I've come to deliver a message to Greater Life Church that God said, I'm committed that no matter how long it takes for me to work it out, I'm going to keep working until I work it out. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. The message of the potter is that what appears to be at the moment is not all there is to be seen. <clears throat> the potter saw not what it was. He saw what it could be. Was that not the songwriter's lyrics? You see, God is not as concerned with what I am right now as He is with what I can be in Him. He is not as concerned with what is as He is with what can be. Sometimes we get caught up in the what is. And we go to seed on what is. And God's looking at what can be. And we get frustrated and we get angry and we give up and God keeps working because God's not looking at what is. 
He's looking at what can be. And sometimes we need to go to a place where we can see that God is a God of not what is, but what can be. And that if I will just allow Him, He can transform even the ugliest of situations into vessels of honor, glory for His kingdom. You see, the message of the potter is that God can lift you to a higher place. The clay was dug out of the ground. It came from the pit, but it was elevated to the king's palace. When the, when the potter got through with it, it had been elevated to usefulness. That's the kind of business that God is in. He's in the lifting business. He's in the transforming business. Amen. He's in the transformation business. He transforms trash into treasure. Oh, yes, He does. You look at me tonight and you may see trash, but God sees a treasure that He's still working on, and He's not going to let go of me until He has brought to pass what He has envisioned in my life. You see, the art of the potter was to take what was and lift it to a higher place. I am so thankful that God spoke that to me because I was about to give up on some things. I was about to give up on some people. But God spoke to me and said, Hey, don't give up. I haven't. I'm still working. Why can't you? I'm still working. Why can't you keep praying? I'm still here. Why aren't you? God said, Hey, I'm going to work it until I work it out, and I'm going to lift this situation to a place you cannot even imagine. That when you look at the then and the there, you look at what was and what will be, you won't even be able to recognize any similarity. Isn't it amazing that God is such a God of transformation that He can remake your life in such a way that nobody even recognizes what you used to be? Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You see, God is not content to see potential wasted. And I want to spend a little time right here. It is obvious from the lesson that God's people were not what they were supposed to be. It was obvious from the message that God's people were in a mess. They were not living to their potential. They were not living up to their calling. And He could have left them like they were. He could have left them to their ruin. He could have left them to their debauchery, to their wicked minds and vile affections. But God is not content to see potential wasted. And so God comes. God is not satisfied with imperfection when His perfection is available. And so He keeps working to take you from a shapeless piece of mud to a vessel of purpose. God's work is to do just that. And God can lift you from mediocrity to a place of usefulness if you stay on the wheel and under the influence of His hand. Amen. 
God's influence can change your situation no matter what it is. Somebody needs to say that right now. God's influence can change my situation. God's influence, His hand on your life, His loving touch. How many of you have ever seen a potter, a real potter work? Anybody ever been privileged to see a real? I have. There's some. It's amazing. When they put that piece of clay, they know how much pressure to put where. And they know when to pull and when to let go. They know when to press and when to back off. And so does God. God knows the kind of pressure that is needed to produce in my life. And God is going to keep that pressure on me until I produce the desired results. But He's not going to press it too far. Amen. Your life can be transformed by His touch because He knows how to form the vessel. The Scripture says that it was marred in the hands of the potter. Something went wrong. And so goes life. Plans are lost. Hopes are denied. Dreams are forgotten. Faith is frustrated. Desires are lost. Grievous problems are often encountered on the way to God's purpose for my life. Living for God is not a straight line experience. It is not being saved down here and being glorified up here. Yes. But moving from the grace of God to the glory of God is an up and down. Up and down. Up and down. It's a win and a loss. It's a victory and a defeat. But God's purpose is going to be fulfilled. And no matter how grievous the problems that you and I encounter on the way to glory... Those problems cannot stop God's purpose in my life. Something resisted the potter's hands, and the unresponsiveness of the clay interrupted the process, but it didn't stop the process. And sometimes there is a part of us that is unresponsive, but it doesn't stop the hand of God. God's hand is still there. It's still pressing. It's still working. It's still moving. Weakness in the clay was limiting its usefulness. Doesn't matter if it was a small thing or a large thing. It doesn't matter if it was just a pebble or it was a large stone that was encountered. The size of the problem doesn't matter. The fact was it was limiting what the potter could do. It was limiting what he could do. And so... He took that out, and he crushed it, and he started over again. Amen. God knows how to get it out. He does. And I am convinced that if God has to take you to death's door, God knows how to get it out. He knows how to get it out of you. The weaknesses on the clay that, that limit it's usefulness. God will keep working on those limitations and those weaknesses. 
But the message from the potter is that I am amazed at the patience that he will, he will show to you and I when he keeps working, even when the defects are so glaring. Amen. He just keeps working. Everybody say he keeps working. You may have to wait a long time for it all to work out, but God's purpose, you hear me tonight, God sent me to tell somebody specifically this, that God's purpose overshadows your problems. Somebody say that with me. God's purpose overshadows my problems. God's purpose for my life overshadows whatever He runs into in my life that resists His work. God's patience just keeps Him working diligently. God's patience is more powerful than my resistance. Amen. He just keeps working. He just keeps working. If He can't get you on a Sunday night, He'll get you on a Wednesday night. If he can't get you on a Wednesday night, he'll get you on a Thursday morning. If he can't get you on a Thursday morning, he'll get you in the middle of rush hour on Friday evening. But God is not a God who quits. When he sets his hand to a task, he sets his hand to finish what he started. And the Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded, I am convinced that he that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it against that day. Whatever that day is, and I don't know when that day is for your life or mine, but whatever that, that line is out there, God is not going to finish or stop until he has finished his task and his purpose. And he has great patience. And he will put as much pressure on you as he has to put on you to get out of you that stuff that's limiting your potential. Instead of being mad at God, you ought to thank God that he loves you enough that he'll keep the pressure on you until that which is unnecessary is taken out. Amen. Praise God. The message of the potter is simply this, that there is still hope even after failure. That when things don't work out, and when things look like they have been totally, completely lost, that God's got something else that He can do. You know, God's never going to be boxed in. He's never going to be brought to a place where He doesn't know what to do. No matter how ugly it may seem at the moment, the work of transformation is something that he's good at, and he's going to stay at it until the victory is won. If you don't believe that, ask Simon Peter. There's not anybody in, in Scripture that made bolder declarations of what he would do when the pressure was on and greater failure when the pressure was on. And yet the message that was sent to Simon Peter after the resurrection. Tell them to meet me in Galilee. Oh, and tell Peter I want to see him there too. Amen. Praise God. If you don't believe that God 
is a God who will not fail. Ask John Mark. John Mark was picked. He was hand-chosen by Peter and by, by, by James and by Paul to go with them in ministry and to, to do the work of ministry. And yet there came a point in his life when he failed and he went home a, a crybaby and a mama's boy. And everybody wrote him off. Well, he just what I thought he was. He was just weak. He was overrated. That he, he was trumped up. You know those people at church, they do that to you. They get you all built up. And then when you fail, they just abandon you. And that's what a lot of people said about John Mark. But even after the contention that separated Paul and his traveling companion, when it came down to the end, Paul writes and he said, Oh, and by the way, send John Mark to come to me because he's profitable for me. Something had happened along the way. God's hand was never far from the life of John Mark. And even when he ran into that ugly situation of failure and embarrassment and he walked away and he looked like he was lost to the ministry, God's hand kept working on him and shaping and pressing until he got whatever it was that was in John Mark out of him and he was able to make him over again. I don't know why God sent me here tonight to do this, but I, sent, I, I feel like I am sent by God to tell somebody there's a message in the bottle. There's a message in that vessel, the shaping of that vessel. And that is that no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, no matter what God has to do, He's not going to be satisfied until He finishes what He started. Lift your hands to Him right now and give Him praise. Would you do that? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and praise Him. Lord, I thank You for the the undying perseverance of Your love, the undiscouraged perseverance of Your love, the mercies of God that are new in my life every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. 